You ever been driving on the highway, going pretty fast, oncoming traffic, they're going pretty fast too, and all of a sudden you look to your left and you realize there's no barrier that separates the two of you? Then your brain goes, whoa, wow, I could really just jerk the steering wheel real quick and crash into everyone. I'd be dead. Someone else would be dead. It'd be, be chaos. Whoa, why? Why did I just think that? What the hell? You shake it out of your brain real fast. Well, those thoughts, that's called existential anxiety. I suffer from it big time. Not a lot of people do, actually. Maybe you do. Maybe you want to know what it's like. Let's dive in. Let's talk about it. Anything and everything. Let's discuss this calmly and rationally. Come on in here. Let's talk about it. Wait, wait, wait. Let's discuss this. How you guys doing? My name is John Boy. I am coming to you from California. I'm in my bedroom. It is a nice day out. I just got done with a summer vacation, and I am sick of the summer The heat, as soon as I'm done with my last trip to the beach, I don't want the sun in my life anymore. I want breezes. I want crisp air. I want fall. Unfortunately, I live in California, so that usually doesn't come until October. We have a day today, very breezy, very windy, feels very much like football weather, and I'm loving it. Got the windows open. I got sweats on. I'm acting like it's middle of winter already. Screw summer, but you know what? Summer's going to come back because we're in Northern California, and it'll It'll be 90 again in two weeks, and I'll be miserable in a sweaty glob. But what we're talking about today is something called existential anxiety, also called the call to the void is a little nickname it's got. Basically, existential anxiety, let's see, I'll just, I'll give, I threw an example at the beginning of the podcast, I'll throw you more. Have you ever stood by a cliff and you look down and you think, holy shit, I could jump right now. What? Why did I just think that? Don't jump. So you press your legs down really stiff, like stay planted, stay planted, don't jump. And then you walk away and then you have to be like, why did I just think that? I'm not suicidal at all. I'd never in a million years jump off that cliff. So why did my brain tell me, wow, I can jump right now. And then I had to physically stop it from happening. Or when someone hands you something really expensive or a newborn baby and you're holding it, and you keep telling yourself, don't drop this. Do not throw it. Be careful. Be careful. Like, why am I so nervous to hold something? Holding something is one of the easier things you can do if you have all five fingers and grip. So why are, do we get nervous? It's, it, it's so confusing, and I never knew there was a phrase for it, a term for it, until I stumbled upon this on the internet, and I had read some things about other things, uh, people written about it, and I was like, yeah, I get that, I understand that, but it was always lended itself more towards suicide than just everyday life. So on that subject, like a lot of the examples are jumping off a cliff, driving into oncoming traffic. Those are suicidal thoughts. So it's, it's people could hear this and think, Oh, you, it's not existential anxiety. You're just depressed and suicidal. No, not at all. Because the one that happens to me the most is I'll be having a conversation with someone, anyone, a little kid, my grandma, the lady bagging my groceries at the store. And in the middle of talking, my brain will just say, I can punch them in the face right now. I don't want to punch them in the face. I've never punched anyone in the face in my entire life. I'm 28 years old. I'm not a fighter. But that's what I think. And then I have to literally shake it out of my brain. If you knew me, if you have conversations, maybe you've seen me do this where I just shake real quick, like a twitch. Like Stop thinking that. Stop thinking you're going to punch your grandma in the face. Obviously, I'd never punch my grandma. She's the sweetest lady in the world, and I love her. But why can't I control this in my brain? According to studies, 70 
90% of people have never had any thoughts like these, which makes me, which made me laugh and sad. Like, damn, I thought it was going to be like, Hey, you know what? You're it's actually in the majority. A lot of people have these and they just don't talk about it. Nope. I mean, the vast majority, if you are listening and you are, these are ringing a bell for you and you're like, yeah, I've had those thoughts before too. We're in the majority. We're in the minority. So to all you in the majority who have never had thoughts like these and don't uh, really understand them, just to reiterate once again, not suicidal, uh, not in the least, just uh, scared by the options of life and what the fuck life even means. The actual definition for existential anxiety is an all-encompassing form of anxiety and stress that is present in a nagging way when we try to make meaning in life simply because, as humans, we exist. We experience anxiety, stress, strife, worry, and even panic simply because we are alive. That last sentence, man. We experience anxiety, stress, strife, worry, and even panic simply because we are alive. Now, another key point to stress here is it's a nagging anxiety. It's not panic attacks. It's not severe depression. It's not stopping me from my day-to-day. It's not stopping me from enjoying Yankee games. It's not stopping me from enjoying time with my family. It's not stopping me from being in love with my girlfriend. It is not stopping me from anything. It's just a fucking, like a turtleneck. It's just every now and then you're like, got to stretch it out. Get off me. And then you'll forget about it for a long time. And then you got to stretch it out again because it's just nagging. It's so annoying. It's so frustrating. And for a long time, I had no idea what it was or if I could share it with anyone until I started reading things. But the first things I've read, I was like, yeah, but they touched more on the suicidal part. Like, so here's, here's a passage from a Bukowski book. If you don't like Charles Bukowski, um, I don't know what to say. I, I, like, I like him. I like his writing. I read this in one of his books. It's uh, actually like, it's not even a novel or short story or poem. It's just notes he wrote during the day. And he said, I can never drive my car over a bridge without thinking of suicide. I can never look at a lake or an ocean without thinking of suicide. I mean, I won't linger on it at all, but it will flash on me. Suicide, like a light going on in the darkness. That there is an out helps you stay in. Get it? Otherwise, it could be only madness. And that's no fun, buddy. And whenever I get off a good poem, that's another crutch to keep me going. I don't know about other people, but when I bend over to put on my shoes in the morning, I think, Christ almighty, now what? I'm screwed by life. We don't get along. I have to take little bits out of it, not the whole thing. It's like swallowing buckets of shit. I'm never surprised that the madhouses and the jails are full and that the streets are full. I like to look at my cats. They chill me out. They make me all right. Don't put me in a room full of humans, though. Don't ever do that, especially on a holiday. Don't do that. Now, towards the end of that passage, he gets a little more into depression, not wanting to be around people, getting stressed out by just waking up in the morning. And I've been there on days. That's not an everyday thing for me. But the line I really like there is um, when he says, that there is an out helps you stay in. Get it? Because if there is no, it's an option. Basically, that's the whole thing. So he touches more on the suicide. So like I would read that and I'd be like, I identify with that, but not the suicide stuff. Just scared that there's such an easy option. Why does life give us such an easy option, an easy way out that doesn't seem right? It's just like it shouldn't be that easy to 
mess up someone else's day to totally ruin the balance of society, which we see now on the news. I'm not getting into politics or news or terrorism, but why does life give you these options? And, and how am I able to say, to just shake it off and then go past it and never, ever act on it? And how come some people do act on it? Very, very few. Louis C.K. also talked about the option of suicide and how it just, it's just an option and it's always there. And his new stand-up, which I actually like, was pretty drunk when I first listened to it, but I was dying laughing. Here's what he had to say. I like life, though. I do. You know how much I like life? I have never killed myself. <laughs> That's how much I like it. That's exactly how much I like it with a razor-thin margin. I like it precisely enough to not kill myself. It's an option, though. It's totally an option. I mean, I'm 49. I have two kids. I've flipped through the brochure a few times. I've thought of killing myself just to win an argument. You're not supposed to talk about suicide. Even to your shrink. You ever go to a shrink and they're like, have you had thoughts? of suicide, and you're like, no, because if I say yes, you'll press a button and folks will run in and hold me, hold them down. So that at the end there, the you can't talk about it at all, that's the scary thing. When I was dri like be driving as a teenager, be like, wait, why did I just think, hey, I could drive into oncoming traffic? Why did I have that thought? Am I suicidal? I was like, who knows? I don't know. What does suicidal mean? Am I? I had no idea. Turns out I'm not. I just suffer from existential anxiety. Uh, which was really nice, really nice to find out I wasn't suicidal because I really didn't think I was, but I wasn't going to go around telling people, hey, do you think about driving into oncoming traffic? Because I think that uh, that uh, snaps something in people's brains like, hey, uh, watch out for John Boy, he's, uh, he's a little crazy. It's like, I don't think I'm crazy, so I'm not going to share this with you because I don't want you to think I'm crazy. i got to figure this out. And eventually, you know, just eyes open, ears open, reading, looking at stuff, I figured it out. It's something that uh, people suffer from, not a lot. So to dive into it, there's the reason these thoughts come around is because we cannot fathom the freedom life allows us. We are free to jump off a cliff. We are free to drive into traffic. We're free to break something valuable or to punch anyone in the face. Why? The only thing that's stopping us is our conscious. That is the scary part. That is what's fucking nuts to me. I'll never be able to make sense of life, but it's all I think about. So why can't I stop these intrusive thoughts that pop into my head? I don't know. The reassuring thing, like I said, is that I don't act on them. I shake them off really quickly. I think what it comes down to is I think too much. I know that I think too much. I My brain is constantly going, and it's annoying. I do my best to, like, distract myself. You know that there's that Winona Ryder quote, which I really liked at first, but then it's now plastered all over, like, Pinterest. And But Winona Ryder said in an interview, I think too much. I think ahead. I think behind. I think sideways. I think it all. If it exists, I fucking thought of it. That's how I feel. My brain, I just think about everything too much. If I'm going to do something, I think about what's going to happen if I do this? What's going to happen to this? What are, And then if I present an argument, even something stupid, like I tweet about the Yankees nonstop. If I tweet something about the Yankees before I hit send usually, or as soon as I hit send, I have to think, okay, what if someone responds this? How am I going to respond to that? What if they respond this? How? And then I have all these defenses put up and these counter responses for everything I say, waiting for someone to trick it because I'm like, oh, I have that ready. And then no one does. And then it's like, God, why did I put so much energy into thinking about everything? The way I deal with that is I am a 
podcast listener. I am a TV show watcher. When I'm at work, when I'm editing videos, I have a computer to my left with a TV show playing and those headphones on. I have talk radio on, if not, podcasts, if not. Music doesn't really work for me because that lends itself to empty headspace and thinking. I need something to, they need to be presenting me with information and I need to be figuring it out in my brain. Otherwise, I just get lost. I need to, I need noise to fall asleep. Otherwise, I'll think myself to 4 a.m. It sucks. And the worst, there's two times. There's two times in my day-to-day routine, weekly routine, monthly routine, whatever you want to say, where I cannot fight my brain. First time in the shower. Now, I need shower speakers to play a podcast while I shower. That would be a lot easier. Instead, I just stand there, look at myself, tell myself I have to start dieting, get disgusted with myself, think about what's going to happen during the day, what's not going to happen, run a million scenarios through my head, finish a ton of arguments that I haven't even stirred up yet or started. Just, hey, what if this friend says this to you? What are you going to do? What if this person becomes an enemy? It's like, it never happens. Nothing of that ever happens. And then the shower is just a time spent of wasted thought. I hate it. So I shower super quick, in and out, bam, out. In college, we actually had a shower and I cut the shower curtain in half so you can see over it. And then our bathroom door didn't lock. And I would shower with the door open and the shower curtain was stuck so I could see out of it. And I would just talk to whoever's outside. That all my, I had like 10 roommates, five roommates. I'd talk to them because I don't want to be left alone with my thoughts. Maybe that's why I'm sitting here podcasting, uh, talking to a bunch of people who may or may not listen, because I just don't like being alone with my thoughts. One time I went on a jog and my headphones died halfway through, immediately turned around, not going to do that to myself. So it's a big crutch in my brain. The other time that this comes that isn't as easy is when I get a haircut. When I get a haircut, oh boy, I'm just sitting there with the apron on, covering my body, just my fat head in the apron, staring at myself in a mirror in silence. Oh man, the thoughts that I brew up suck. Sometimes they try to talk to me. I'm pretty bad at that too. I wish I was better. Like small talk with the haircut person. I'm like, uh, no, there's nothing of substance being said. It's boring, blah, blah, blah. And then if they don't talk, I fight the urge to fall asleep. I wish I could fall asleep, but that I don't know if that's even allowed. Like if you fall asleep during a haircut, do they wake you up? I've never tried it or had it happen. I would guess your neck would lose its muscle and it would fall and then they'd wake you up. It's had to have happened. If you give haircuts and you're listening to this, let me know if anyone's falling asleep while giving a haircut. There's something a little soothing about like the snip of the scissors. Snip, snip, snip. There's that uh, 3D barber thing. You ever listen to that? Um, maybe I'll play it right now a little bit. Yeah, so that is like, you put headphones on, 3D effect, it sounds like you're getting a haircut. Virtual haircut, that's what it's called. Maybe I'll start playing that to fall asleep too. I'm going to try that. I'm really going to try that. I'm going to see what that works. So haircuts, showers, not fun for me. In the end, the saving grace or whatever you want to say is that I don't act on any of these things. And we don't act on any of these things. And that is... Uh, That's part of the rub. That's part of what's tricky. If we don't act on them, why do we think them? Why do they pop into my head all the time? And even now that I've identified it, I know it has a name. I know that it's an actual thing. I know 
I'm not suicidal. I know I'm not crazy. I know it's just something people struggle with. And I am the one of the people that struggles with it. Why does it still pop into my head? I feel like I should have been defeated it. Step one is identifying the problem. I identified it. I got existential anxiety and I think too much. Now go away. What's step two? I don't know. All right, so that's episode one of Deep Dives about existential anxiety. At about 20 minutes or so, I thought this would run longer. I thought I'd have more to say. Maybe I didn't dive deep enough. It's a tough one to start off, a little heavier. I'd like to tackle heavy topics, but with a lighthearted approach, if that makes sense, because this is something I actually boggles me and I deal with day to day. Maybe you guys do too. So yeah, that's the first one. I really don't know what the topics are going to be for the next couple. I'd like to get some lighthearted ones. I would have loved to start with a lighthearted one or more of a fun one to have some jokes. But for being honest, I I thought of this one and I couldn't get it out of my head. It's just what what I wanted to talk about. If you deal with this, reach out uh, or just say like, hey, I, I deal with this too. I don't know. In a DM, follow me on Twitter at JohnBoy underscore. You can email me JohnBoyVideos at gmail.com. I just love the, I just, it's nice to be reassured, like, hey, that gets me too. I have those thoughts too. And if you don't, don't, I hope, hope you think we're not crazy because we're not crazy. We just don't understand why life has so many options and uh, what is keeping us from following them. It's crazy to think anyone out there can do whatever they want at any time and it can change someone's world. Scary thought. Don't like thinking about it. So that's it. That's all I got. Little deep dive. Got to work on lengthening these things, I think. All right, have a good day. Thanks for listening. And as always, try your hardest. Do your best. But our strategy, to be honest, is try your hardest. Do your best. Try your hardest. Do your best. Try your hardest. Do your best.